Hello and welcome to one of those unusual pre-season episodes of Back of the Grid where we have a little bit of news to cover um, from between last test and the upcoming test and then just lots of your predictions. We asked and you delivered. <laughs> so we are going to cover those this episode and any other inbox to be fair as well. Um, I'm your host this week, Tom, and I am joined by Chris. Hello. We have no Stu, sadly, as he is away in the in the Alps, I believe. I think he is, yeah. He is the Alps specifically. I know he has skis on his feet. Oh, no, snowboard, don't say that. He'd be deeply offended. Oh, yeah, snowboard, sorry. Deeply offended. Soz. <laughs> he, he likes a single plank rather than a dub, one to each foot. Oh, yeah, it's all about the single plank. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to go through that. I mean, I'll let Chris take us through what is essentially just one big piece of news with lots of components. Um, there's a couple of little other little bits. Um I suppose we should not really do this to death because people will probably already sick about hearing it. Yeah, but... I mean, we we kind of already talked about it because we fully expected it to happen last time out, but it is official now that Haas have terminated the... I want to go for Ural Kali this week. <laughs> Things, I'm not going to learn to say it properly because I feel like after this podcast, I'm <laughs> never going to have to say it out loud ever again. What I would love to happen is me to have the effort to go and compile all the different ways you've said it said it said it, <laughs> said we'll just, it. We'll just so say you've got any me. words however we want now. just just say all the words however we like us <laughs> lickers um but yes that sponsorship deal is over and along with it uh mazapin's contract with has uh gunter steiner said they basically had no other option following all of the sanctions that have been placed on uh, Russian companies and Russian athletes in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, as you say, we don't want to labor the point. We kind of expected it. I think it's the right thing. I think it's definitely the best thing for Haas. Um, also today, um, high tech, the F2 team have followed suit because they had the same sponsor. Um, but they, yeah, they'd removed it for their tests, yeah, initially. They removed the branding for the tests, but now they've actually completely, um, removed the sponsorship as a whole contract. And the, the ownership's changed back hands, hasn't it? It's, uh, yeah, the original owner, Oliver Oaks, has taken back full control, if I remember rightly. Yeah, in 2018, one of um, Daddy Mazepin's companies took ownership and it's kind of changed between a couple of his companies over the last few years. But yeah, um, Oliver Oaks has taken back control of that, which is, which is good. Um yeah, I mean, like, not going to labour anymore. The interesting thing now is who takes that spot on the team. We know Pietro Fittipaldi is going to be doing testing in Bahrain this week, but there's no decision on who's going to be racing for the team. Uh, obviously, Fittipaldi is in the mix as he is their official reserve driver, but Jovanazzi's name is definitely in the mix as well. Piastri and Hulkenberg have been bounced around a bit as well. Um I think my gut feeling is Giovinazzi's going to get it. I think he, of, of all those names, he's probably he's the one with the most recent experience. He's mm. got the Ferrari links, which obviously Haas have as well. Um, I mean, they literally build Haas cars in the Ferrari factory these days, so they're pretty tightly knit. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it, I think, because um... Part, I mean, Haas originally said uh, along the lines of, if we if we have to make a replacement, it will be Fittipaldi. But I'm going to have to go back and kind of check what exactly was said because I, I feel like they, 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 said this... he is like like first first mm. choice kind of thing or first port of call, um, which I guess is why he's doing the test. But yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see where they go with it. Like, I would have expected to at least start the season with him, maybe, and mm. and see how he gets on. And obviously, if he you know if he struggles, then potentially put one of the others in. But I think yeah, still a- it, it, I just I feel like it's a little bit of a defeats the point of the young driver program that they have got, and <laughs> also a bit demeaning to to say. 
yeah, Fittipaldi's the first choice to go in the car. And then when a couple of other drivers with a bit more experience turn up out the woodwork, they go, um, actually, we might just put one of these guys in instead. Yeah. Like, I feel it's a little bit demeaning towards what they've already, i.e., they shouldn't have maybe been Said as verbally in committed yeah. in the first place. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily that they shouldn't use the experienced drivers. It's more that I think they should have been a little more careful with their words, yeah. which is why I want to go back and double-check what they said exactly. Because I guess there is a difference between a reserve driver that's there to step in for a race or two if one of the main drivers can't do it, like Fittipaldi did for Grosjean a couple of seasons ago. But it's slightly different when you're looking for a full-time driver to do the whole season for you. So I can see why they're in this position, but you're right. Like it's The wording always yeah. been a little interesting. Um, I'd very much like it to be Piastri. Um, I would be surprised if it is. Um, yeah. Like if I mean, out of the drivers that have been linked so far in that list, that list of four, my heart probably says I want Piastri the most out of those mm-hmm. four. Um, I mean, I'd be more than happy with Fittipaldi getting a chance. I think... There is obviously an argument for Giovinazzi and probably Hulkenberg from an experience point of view. Um, I think if you were going to go down that route, I would probably pull in Hulkenberg out of the two. Giovinazzi's got Formula E and, as we kind of talked about last week, doesn't have like all that much experience. Like He's only got a few seasons under his belt himself and he yeah. was always the the guy being mentored, not mentoring, so... Mm-hmm. I think out of those two, Hulkenberg would do a better job in that aspect. So I think if you had to go for seniority, I'd like to see it put there instead. And I think but, it would be better for Schumacher as well, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's, that's kind of where I'm thinking is going back to, I can understand them wanting to put a more experienced driver in for that reason. Yeah. Surely the better choice of the two is Hulkenberg over Giovinazzi. For, if that is what you want to do, if that if you want to help yeah. and and bring the best out of Schumacher. I just still have a feeling the Ferrari link's going to play its part in this and Gio's going to get it, but um, we'll see, I yeah. suppose. I mean, I still think there is a decent chance as well that Fittipaldi will end up doing the first race in Bahrain and maybe Saudi Arabia while they're kind of still sorting things out. Um, yeah, I maybe, mean, depending might, on how he gets on in the test. It might also depend on sponsorships as well because, you know, there's no True. title sponsor to that team, technically, as it stands now. So... Depending on what sponsorships any of those drivers could bring with them, yeah, that's a good point. May may help make a decision. I mean, I mean, I know they've been quite firm in saying we will not struggle financially due to this title sponsorship being ended. But it's not going to help, is it? Yeah, it's it's definitely not. It's going to be a hindrance. It's not going to be. It's not going to mean the better off, is it? They no. say they won't struggle, but it could derail things. Definitely. So, it, you know, it might be interesting to see who, who's who got uh, a sponsorship to bring in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of related, the Russia Grand Prix contract has been terminated by Formula One. Uh, it was supposed to be in Sochi for the last time this year and then moved to Igora Drive, for a, which is a new circuit that's been built for a, a long-term contract. I don't think they ever gave an exact length, but that has all now been terminated for the foreseeable future, which again, under the circumstances, under all the changes that are being made by various sports, um, the right decision, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of one one of our priest's predictions is already sort of rumbling under the surface. Sepang is actually seeming to emerge as one of the front runners to take the place in the calendar, the return of the Malaysian Grand Prix potentially, which I know we would all be very much in favour of. Um, I know sort of Turkey and Portimao have been mentioned as possible replacements as well because obviously they've they've done the stepping in at short notice a few times over the last few years. So Yeah. Um, the MotoGP still goes to Sepang though, doesn't it? So yeah, it, I think it that's like in the biggest thing condition. they do. Oh yeah, it's so. still a well, well-used circuit as far as I'm aware. Yeah. It's not like um, some other tracks around the world that they've lost F1 and just sort of gone to ruin. It's, it's still pretty... Yeah, the, they're still like at the right grade. Obviously, they're still at the right grade, and otherwise, yeah. wouldn't be able to host it. But I mean, just just in general, because I know there's there's always been that there's certain circuits that could technically host F1, but 
there's like surface issues, I guess. I mean, or facility Turkey, issues. Turkey, yeah, Turkey, Turkey was kind of yeah. a, bit, a bit at that kind of situation, to be fair, which is why we got that crazy race the other year. But yeah, I, I mean, part of me, part of me hopes that we do get it because I'd like to see a race there because it's been a long time. But also, part of me. Oops, we don't, because it just means Stu's one up already on the predictions. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that the most important thing? Selfish. Selfish. <laughs> um, in other returning circuit news, Imola has extended its deal to hold a Grand Prix until 2025, which mm. is, uh, is interesting, interesting because there was all this talk of Imola wanting a race back, and everyone was like, no, nah, everyone's not going back to Imola anytime soon. It's not suitable anymore. And then... G- global circumstances meant they had to go there to fill a calendar and yeah. they've just kind of managed to hold on to it, haven't they? It's, uh... I mean, I don't think the race has been particularly bad. Um, no. They weren't, obviously, I mean, they weren't, they weren't the worst racers, definitely not, but they also weren't like knocking on the door of being the best racers no. in the, the respective seasons. So it's middle of the road for me, but this new aero formula might change a few of those yeah, things and, I'm actually really and bring a circuit see. like that back to life. So yeah. it, it would be interesting to see how it holds up over the next three seasons. At, well, next four seasons, I guess, technically, isn't it? Uh, mm, depending yeah. on how the deal works. So, yeah. And I'd sooner be at Imola than a lot of the other places around the world that want new races, probably on streets. And Yeah. Yeah. I agree there. What is next? Verstappen has signed a new deal at Red Bull for another six seasons after his existing contract, which keeps him there until the end of 2028. Forever. Forever, basically. I think he'll be 30 if he uh, stays there until the end of that deal. Which That's that's crazy in itself to think that he's already been there as long as he has. And he's now extended to that length of time. And by the time it's done... He will still only be thirty. I know, right? It's bizarre. That, I mean, we were look. I can literally remember an era where drivers weren't breaking through to Formula One until they were almost thirty. Yeah. Let alone being at least a single time world champion, if not more, by the time that deal's done. Like it's that's ridiculous. Absolutely crazy. Uh, it means he's got the longest contract that we're aware of on the grid right now. I mean, some would mm. argue that Lance Stroll has got the longest contract because it's <laughs> endless as long as his dad's still in charge. But um, yeah, the next closest is Norris, who he extended his McLaren deal until end of 2025. And then Leclerc, Ocon and Bottas have all got deals to the end of 2024. So Verstappen's mm. the longest by some margin. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, big old show of faith. I wouldn't. I do wonder if he'd have signed a deal that long had he not won the championship last year. But yeah, who knows? And and as we always say with these things as well, it's not worth any more than the paper it's written on. And there's always get out clauses and stuff in these. But uh, oh yeah, though that both pies will be able to walk away from that in some yeah. respect if they needed to. Well, remember when Ferrari wanted to uh, promote Leclerc and Raikkonen still had a contract? It was like yeah. Would you like to leave? No. How about this enormous bag of money? Oh, okay, then maybe I will. Yeah, exactly. And then last bit of news, which normally we don't bother talking about which tyres Pirelli are taking to the races, but this actually is quite interesting. So they've announced the first three races. Um, Bahrain, Hardy's three compounds, C1, C2, C3, which is actually a step harder than they had at Bahrain last season. Maybe them playing it a little bit safe because it's, you know, New wheels, new tires, new cars, and all that. Mm. Uh, Saudi Arabia, C2, C3, C4, which is same as last season. Uh, but Australia, which is obviously returning after a couple of years, and it's just a very different version of Albert Park after all the changes they've made. Yep. They are taking the C2 and C3, but then for the softest tire, they're actually skipping a step and having the C5, which is the absolute softest they do. And that's the first time they've not just done consecutive tires since 2018. Which is this interests cool. me. It interests me because I I think we've even talked about it on here before. But yeah, this has always been like something that I think could help make things a little bit more interesting. Like having a a tire that is truly the old style quality tire. Like it yeah. will it will do some extremely fast laps, but the the life of it will be minimal. 
and that that is essentially your risk in qualifying mm-hmm. is you're not going to make many laps on that at the start of the race or no, nowhere near considerably considerable you know in comparison to what you would on yeah. the next compound up and it, it just adds that whole new element of strategy to it I although think. don't forget so, they're getting rid of the uh, q2 starting tight rule this season aren't they oh uh, yeah yeah oh well that's good as all that then so if, if anything it kind of basically says this is your qualifying tire these two are your race tires in a way yeah oh um, they've ruined how have they ruined <laughs> how have they already ruined something that was so good of an idea yeah it was how? a real change we were calling out floor they did it so now they've done something else to make it weird oh disappointed but still, I like I mean, well, that I'll, they're experimenting I'll, with this stuff a bit. Yeah, I'll reserve judgment, actually. I'm saying disappointed. I'll reserve judgment until something actually happens in Australia, yeah. and then I can pass actual judgment on it. So, And that is about all the news that's going on. Yeah. As I said before, there isn't a huge amount. Um, <laughs> it's one of those we've, weeks. We've certainly got more predictions than we have news. That's for sure. That, that is for sure. There's a whole like two A4 sheets of this stuff. It's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, if you haven't heard last week's podcast, then first of all, why not uh, <laughs> go listen? But we we basically went through some of our like varying degrees of prediction essentially. So we we went for something that was fairly likely that we thought would happen something a little abnormal to happen and then something that was just crazy to happen and we all did three each and then we asked for yours basically and said you know if you if you've had any ideas for this whilst listening send them in and boy did you deliver so mm-hmm. i think we'll go through those um i mean some of these uh, they just get crazy from the off, so I'm just going <laughs> to swing straight into them. So someone who referring to themselves as delete as appropriate <laughs> says, uh, my working predictions for this year, as of 3 p.m. on the 2nd of March, in case any are announced before <laughs> you, <laughs> you record, um, <laughs> Haas will flip to a Ukrainian flag livery <laughs> and subsequently make more money from sponsorship than any team in F1 history. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of me just wants to see that. The, I desperately the flip want that to, the to blue be and yellow. To yeah, um, and to, do you know what? The if they did, I could see a lot of like companies kind of getting behind that. You know yeah. the whole like um, Wings for Life thing Red Bull have done in the past, mm-hmm. where you you get your photo, your face on the car, which yeah. you you personally know very well. I was Chris. yeah, I was on was... uh, twenty ten, I think it might have been twenty eleven. Yeah, so that was it. It's is it David Coulthard's thing officially that. He's certainly heavily involved in it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be very nice to do something like that. Some sort mm. of, um, like fans can contribute a small amount, be part of that process. Yeah, that's and then a- like, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't begrudge some going towards the team and some going towards charity. Like, like I wouldn't even begrudge it no, if it wasn't hundred be- percent charitable. Like, it, it, I mean, it'd be excellent if it was hundred percent charitable, but. Considering the circumstances, I wouldn't begrudge the team having some of that and it being yeah. like a, a split thing. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on from that, uh, another prediction from Delete is Appropriate was the winner of the Drivers' Championship will not win a race. <laughs> that's a... I mean, that's a hmm. Well, the last time we ever, we ever got close to that is Keke Rosberg's World Championship. He won one, uh, was it? And he won one, yeah. And that was in, I want to say, Las Vegas, of all places. Yeah, on, on a car park. And on, yeah, on the Caesars Palace car park. So, um, I mean, we've come very close to that. And I predict we might have quite a few winners, but whether someone could go the whole season of a 23-season, 23-race season, was it 22 now without Russia? It's 22 now, isn't it? Unless something replaces Russia. Yeah. So, yeah, if someone could go that many races, I, I get a lot of seconds. Second mm. in every race, you would win the title. Yeah, it would be plenty. If, if, providing the person that won every other race wasn't the same person. <laughs> so, yeah, as long as you had a lot of different winners and you were always on the podium, you would technically it's win not, the title. Not it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's just, yeah. I mean, I guess that's why it's in the middle. It's not yeah. impossible, but 
And then the last one was uh, race control will find a way to circumvent their own new airtight in air quotes <laughs> uh, rule. Uh, sorry, I'll read that again just to actually get it proper. Race control will find a way to circumvent their own new airtight rule set to mess up at least one race. That's that's and, the most likely one so far. <laughs> and the airtight was like in kind of quotes. That's near guaranteed. Yeah. So I think I think they maybe they're in a different order to ours. <laughs> I don't know because I think that is highly likely. <laughs> it really. Is. <laughs> so um, um, and then the crazy the craziest one of those for me actually. Is, maybe they maybe the caveat of make more sponsorship money than any team ever. Yeah, maybe. Obviously, take that little caveat out. I can see the race control thing happening at some point, and I can see Haas possibly doing something that's you know pro Ukraine potentially, considering <laughs> their stance on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's some bold ones there as well as some plausible ones. So Strong start. good mix. Good mix. Next, Jay Alexander. I've got three very bold predictions I'd love to hear your thoughts on or more likely disbelief on. Uh, first one, Colton Herter will get an FP1 outing at either Miami or Cota driving in Alpine. I mean... I was I was with you until Alpine, to be honest. Yeah, that is basically exactly my thoughts. Like I, I think that Colton Herter getting an outing at one of the American circuits isn't that beyond the realms of possibility. But... I wouldn't have expected it to be in a ha- Alpine, I don't It'd think. It'd be Haas, surely. Yeah. Um, then again, would they want an American driver to turn up and be in, well, I was going to say the slowest car. I guess we don't know that yet, <laughs> do we? I, I mean, the other thing, I guess, would be um, the fact that, depending on what the driver situation is like for them at that time, we could see like Colton Herter driving the Haas. Well, yeah, who stop. even knows? Like that, like oh, the 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 Haas spot basically becomes like the um, the invitational seat in things like <laughs> uh, supercars and um, touring cars, where you have like an invitational <laughs> guest seat on the grid, special guest driver. <laughs> and the special Haas seat becomes just that. Uh, Jay Alexander's next one, which is a reference to one of my predictions. Uh, I said there'd be fourth new winners and couldn't decide who the fourth one. Uh, they say the fourth one will be Lance Stroll. Interesting. Yeah, wouldn't have been the top of my list, but I can I can see the the logic towards that one. Yeah, and then finally, Daniel Ricciardo will be replaced by Pato Award at the end of the season. That's a bold one. Yeah, I mean That's it's no secret one. that he wants to be in F one, and Zach Brown is pretty keen on getting him there by the sounds of it, but. I think Ricardo yeah, he, would need to have something go horribly wrong to lose that seat to a, an F1 rookie. Yeah, and I guess though, if if there is one of two drivers they are replacing, it's it's not going to be Lando, is it? Considering the contract extension they've just done. That's with true. Uh, L- I although believe Ricardo's got a contract until the end of 2023. I believe that second year is optional, though. So yeah, actually, that sounds familiar. It's it's essentially it's to the end of this season, twenty twenty two, and then it's like an optional extension to twenty three. But I don't know, like the clause on that option. I don't know if that's a McLaren option to extend a Ricardo or a mutual. Like either party could say yes, no. I, I don't. I don't know the specifics. But yeah, it's something like that. I do know that like that that final year is kind of circumstantial to a degree. So, could happen. Could happen. I suppose it depends on how Ricardo feels at the end of the season. If it if it's in his well, yeah, hands to make that decision and he decides he doesn't want to extend that contract. So, interesting. Uh, Scott Neal said, at the summer break, this is a good one, I pre-read this one, by the way. At the summer break, Fernando Alonso will be 18th in the Drivers' Championship and will not return from said Ooh, summer break. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we pre the first test, we were all saying that Alpine was the team we were potentially most worried about. I mean, I guess we'll have to see if that comes true, won't we? But it would be a very Lonzo thing to do, wouldn't it? Like, enjoy your summer, everyone. I'll see you, uh, see you in a few weeks' time, and then just not come back. <laughs> like, actually, I'm yeah. going to go and do like World Rally or something. <laughs> 
just another one, another yeah. series. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I mean, I could see Alonso struggling in the championship by that point if the if the Alpine doesn't come together because it wasn't looking great, was it, after the first sessions of the first test sessions? So, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that part of it. I just feel like Fernando is not the kind of person that will quit halfway through the season. I don't no, know. I, I don't think he actually will. Um, no. Uh, I, like I said, I think the, the championship struggles are potentially on the cards, but I don't think the non-return is, is one. Sorry, Scott, on that bit. <laughs> um, a few from Tom Murray next. George Russell to beat Hamilton in qualifying head-to-head over the course of the season. Not the only person oh. to say that. And yeah. I think there's a solid chance of that happening. Yeah, Mr. Saturday. Yep. Uh, Tom Brady will be to one of the American races what Shaq was to the US Grand Prix last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just coming out throwing American footballs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Then again, I can't see him turning up in Miami going down that well with the local crowd, though. Probably not, actually. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, it, although in theory if there is a race that he's more likely for him to turn up at he probably would be that one due over. to the fact it's around an NFL stadium yeah that is true that is very true so it, yeah but I, I could see Tom Brady showing up at one of the yeah, races I, could, I mean actually. he's retired now isn't he he's, yeah. he's done he's got nothing better to be doing he's, not, <laughs> he's, he's got no season to prepare for go to a couple of F1 races why not Next from Tom Murray, Hulkenberg, Piastri, and Fittipaldi will all have at least one race start this season. I like that because it goes along with my previous comment of maybe that becomes like a guest seat and well, you get a few different people using it over the course of the season. Don't, don't the rules say one team can have up to four drivers in a season? I'm pretty sure it's the case. Oh, uh, yeah, but we're the FIA, so we'll make an exception. That's true, yeah. That'll probably be better as <laughs> than need to. <laughs> That's what we do. Um, and then finally from Tom, next year's drive to survive will completely gloss over on the biggest talking points of the season because they were busy spending that race following Latifi water skiing or something. <laughs> Which... <laughs> so so what we're saying is a huge chunk of the season. Because, wait, is this for... Oh, no, this is like the next, next drive to survive. Yeah, not we need 12 months the one, to see if this one comes true. Not the one that's about to come out, yeah. the one after that. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a long haul prediction for sure. We'll find somewhere to store that one and, and yeah. pull it out next March. <laughs> right, so we've got a few here I'll do together. So we've got Paul saying George will out-qualify Lewis over the season but won't outscore him in the races, similar to... The one that Tom had before, so that's a that's a decent one. Uh, Toby Godfrey saying Russell will have the edge over Hamilton, and there'll be fireworks galore as a consequence. And Peter Reynolds says uh, Georgie Russell to outscore Lewis Hamilton. Mm. So there's there's three there, all of like slightly varying degrees of George Russell causing an upset. I guess isn't there? There's yeah, yeah. I would say I reckon. I think in terms of qualifying, I think it's probably like, in terms of the likelihood, probably 60-40 in George's favour. In terms of him beating him in terms of races, probably 60-40 in Hamilton's favour. I'm really interested to see how this one plays out just because we've known over recent years how good a qualifier George is and you know what he did in Bahrain against Valtteri. Um, but we also know that probably the the two outright best qualifiers on the grid at the moment yeah. are Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, and like they they both on occasions have just found insane laps out of what you thought was nothing, mm-hmm. and and suddenly found multiple tenths of a second to obliterate the nearest competition, which we usually was each other, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and they can, like, I mean, I've seen both Hamilton and Verstappen look like they're beaten in qualifying, and then that final lap in Q3 proves that entirely wrong. So I think it will be difficult for George, but 
I think if he is as good as what we've seen in previous seasons, he will at least be able to take the fight to Lewis in that regard. Mm-hmm. It's a tough opposition, though. It, oh, it, yeah. I mean, it, obviously, it's his toughest opposition so far. It's in about a lot as of tough things, as it gets, in fact. <laughs> but yeah, like in terms of his Mister Saturday persona, this yeah. this will be the true test of that for George, I think. Um, and, and I sort of agree. I, I think that his first full season at Mercedes, when Lewis is as settled as he is there, is probably not one for him to outscore Lewis. But I mean, I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong on that. Mm-hmm. That's one where I'm, I'm in a bit. Happened. I'm in a bit of a pessimist as a George Russell fan, <laughs> where I'm I'm sort of like expecting the least, and then anything better than that is is a win. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, next from Wesley, uh, his prediction slash hope for the season: an Albon Russell Norris podium. Yes, that would I be want great. It. I want it. 100% Big fan of that. I want it. 100%. Uh, Jeff says, has been eighth in the Constructors' Championship um, and then an outlandish prediction to go on top of that. Mick on the podium at the end of a full points race. Ooh, I like that. I like the specification of a full points race. I Not mean... Because like, uh, obviously we had the George Russell podium that <laughs> yeah kind of was based on purely his qualifying performance because there was no race <laughs> so i like the stipulation jeff's yeah. making there for that one i mean i don't off the top of my head i don't recall what he was like in the wet in f2 or f3 but judging on uh hungry in the kind of mixed conditions last year i can see like a wet race somewhere bit of chaos him finding his, his way up there yeah yeah potentially not impossible not impossible at all uh next chris bird says there will be a double aston martin podium at least once this season i think that could be a little bold i think that might be a little bold I, as well i i think that they will get podiums from time to time but at this moment in time, I can't see both of them on it at the same time. Did they have two total last season? I mean, now you're testing my knowledge of something that's been stored yeah. in the back catalogue. <laughs> there was Vettel in Baku. There was Vettel in Hungary, but then he got disqualified. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, because it depends if you count that, I guess. Yeah, actually, I think that was on, it. Strolling on the podium, did he? So. On... on on pace, Vettel was there, but never yeah. officially got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think if there if there were any others. Uh, Pretty sure that was it. I I think if they get more yeah, than that this season, that'll be that'll be happy with that. To be honest, yeah, there was there was a second in Azerbaijan and then the disqualification. So nothing other than that. Yeah. Um, next one. Um, Andrew Wright says Williams are a definite midfield contender and McLaren become the team to beat. I think that's entirely possible from what we saw in te- the first test at least. Yeah, I mean, if trends follow, I think I mean, we've already discussed where we think McLaren are in the mix with, with the others at, up at the front and Williams had a fairly solid first test. So they've they've kind of... As much as there's like little bits and pieces in terms of the the team that have been a bit sad in terms of what's happened since the takeover, in terms of a performance point of view, Williams have gone from strength to strength. Like I know, yeah. I know there's one or two like sort of traditional bits that we've not been overly keen on as as long term Williams supporters and, and fans <laughs> and stuff. But it, I guess. From a performance point of view, there's nothing you could complain about, really. Is that like they, they, yeah. they're moving towards the right directions in terms of results and, and yeah. car development and stuff? It's, so. it's more like how far they're moving in that direction, isn't it, rather than it being a question? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, right. Five predictions next from Jamal. Wow. First one Stroll to get his highest ever points tally. Ooh, interesting. So his highest ever. Points tally so far was 2020 when he got 75 points. 
largely mm. due to the two third Lord places him. he picked up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. That, that's still going to be of an unknown, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I, I think based on that season in particular, he might struggle. Hmm. Potentially. Um. Yeah, I think, yeah. especially uh, although actually, that was the short season, wasn't it, because of COVID twenty twenty. That is true. There's that only was only a 17 race season. 17 races that year. Yeah. So with that being the case, he's got an extra six, well, five, potentially six to score points in. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it is a bit more possible. Consistent points finishes. If he's getting yeah. them, every chance. Yeah. Uh, next one, Hamilton to get eighth World Drivers' Championship, beating out Max, Charles, Carlos, and Lando in a five-car fight. To which I say... Where's George Russell on your list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is George Russell? But I would like that one to be true. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of drivers that we've already discussed as being what we think will be up there as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm along those kind of lines. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari to win Constructors' title. With you on that one. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense considering the previous prediction as well, having both Charles and Carlos in the title fight, but mm-hmm. not uh, the other driver's teammates, respective teammates. Next, Sonoda to lose his seat. I mean, sadly, if he doesn't have a good year, I can see that one coming yeah. true. We know now, um, so the, the rule about uh, every team's got to run a young driver and I think it's at least two FP1 sessions this year comes in. And Red Bull and Alpha Terry have said that it's going to be I think I'm right in saying Liam Lawson and Yuri Vips doing the FP1s for them. Makes total sense. So they are, yeah. I think Sonoda's future depends on the year those two have, basically, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say so. And finally, Joe to rival Bottas in race finishes, but thrashed in qualifying. Hmm. That's... Yeah, that's an interesting one, that. To be fair, Bottas, pretty damn good qualifier, not so great in races. So, yeah, I'm just trying to think how it applies the other way, uh, because from my memory, Guan Yu Zhou is a decent racer. Yeah, but I can't remember like how many times I saw the guy on pole during his. I F3 feel and like F2 days. off the top of my head, I feel like he's a fine qualifier but nothing spectacular mm. so yeah i think there's, there's potentially something to that uh, yeah i think there is something in it I, i'd like to see how that one plays out that, one, yeah. that one's that was piqued my interest hmm. um moving on from that one uh oliver masterson says sure to outscore bottas uh which i guess is is plausible based on the last thing we were talking about yeah uh i'd, I'd be surprised i'd be very surprised if that did happen um, but I'm interested to see how close the two of them are. Yeah. Um, and then following on from that, uh, Oliver also said, Lando and Danny Rick to finish in the exact same points at the end of the season. Ooh. That's That'd be very, very close. I mean, we, it's not like we've not seen it down, up and down the, um, the grid before, but when you up the sort of fast end it's a lot more unlikely isn't it yeah i mean um carlos and charles were pretty close to True. finishing on equal points last year there's only a couple of positions would have closed the gap between them so it's not impossible yeah, i also very... feel like if that happened to lando and danny one of those drivers would be more okay with that than the other mm-hmm. possibly <laughs> Possibly. Um, and then the last one from Oliver, Schumacher to outscore both of the Williams drivers individually, but Williams will outscore Haas overall. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's very interesting. That's I think essentially Schumacher will get all of Haas's points, yeah, <laughs> or the vast majority uh, of them, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that will depend on who goes in that second seat, I think. It will, yeah, and what their second test is like, because they do look... Yeah. Good a bit behind at the moment yeah and so. then finally for predictions from Roxy Lando gets his first win 
Carlos in the top three and has to get some points. I can see all three of those, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, big yes to all this of those season. for me. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, That's wow. good. That's some really good stuff in there. We Thanks should definitely... for providing all our content this week, folks. Yeah, we should definitely <laughs> revisit these um, yeah, in 100%. several months' time. What I'll do is, over the course of the season, when I get some time, I will see if I can find a way to like officially throw them on the website some somehow with people's names and stuff just so people can like kind of see what's going on and yeah kind of mark them off or something if they if and when they happen or, or you know the ones that could happen and achieve throughout the season rather than the long call ones so yeah be interesting yeah, be I'll, I'll, I'll do what i can i'll do what i can to get those on the website um but yeah we'll move on for that to yet more content you have all provided is <laughs> keep me saying now this is like the least work we've ever had to put into a show. Yep, it's just all been copy paste, <laughs> copy pasta, copy pasta from the emails, copy pasta from Twitter, and so on. So yeah, let's do some inbox. <laughs> uh, I'll go first then. From Paul, do you think the new era rules will make street circuits more chaotic? Given the street circuits are predominantly slower, the ground effects won't provide as much downforce. Hence, the cars might be a bit more clumsy, and the cars look to be a bit wider as well. So I think width-wise, they're pretty much the same as the last generation, if I remember rightly. Um, I think they're shorter, but I think they're about the same width. Um, yeah, I'd have to check to verify yeah. that, to be honest, personally. I think the drivers are all saying how the visibility is worse in the new cars over the sort of new wheels and the wheel covers and stuff. Or not the wheel covers, the kind of... in inboard uh, vein things so that will probably have an effect on street circuits but yeah the ground effect on a slower bumpier circuit is an interesting one yeah that i think that's the most interesting bit of that and i'm intrigued to see how they run the first time we head to them we don't have yeah. to wait very long for that do we no Realistically, saudi arabia if you class that as a proper street circuit then yes not that bumpy, though. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. And actually not that slow either. It's from the fastest <laughs> tracks. Yeah, it's we? probably not a good example for that, <laughs> is it? Could have picked a better one. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on from that, let's see. I've, I've scrolled the wrong way in the document, so I'll scroll back. Um, Jose says, uh, given Valtteri Bottas' impeccable and outstanding record and history, do you think Guanwao Zhou has a chance at the World Drivers' Championship? <laughs> but on a more serious note, what are your expectations for Zhou in his rookie season? Mm, I think if he can be more or less in touch with Bottas come the end of the year, I think that'll be a, be a positive year for him. Um mm. He's he's no slouch. He's been he's been good in his years in F two. So I'm interested to see what he can do. Yeah, like I think. I mean, I said this about Sonoda, so take this with a pinch of salt. But I think that if he can convert his F two performances into F one performances, he'll have a fairly decent year. Um, I don't expect as much of him as I did of like Norris and. Russell when they stepped up but I'm happy to be proven wrong but I, I don't think he's got like as much outright pace as those two so that's why I don't expect as much of him but I think he'll consistently score some points and do okay he'll, mm -hmm. he'll do the job he's probably expected to do fairly comfortably as like the second driver in that team and then build build from there I guess yeah I would say so Next from T.S. Bunty. If you could choose anyone to replace Mazpin and take the Haas seat, who would it be? I think Vettel. It would be a joy to watch Vettel and Schumacher on the same team. I mean, if he's in anyone situation, that is a good choice. A brilliant choice. Um, hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to beat that if like anyone is an option. Yeah. I mean, it... It is, I think, still Piastri for me. Like it, he so deserves a place on the grid, um, and any way to get him on there, I will take. Yeah, but we can throw him in the Aston once Vettel moves. It's fine. <laughs> Perfectly doable. 
Uh, Wesley says, not including Fernando, who's at the highest risk of losing their seat this season and who will be first? Then follows it with, hint, it's Checo. Ooh. Ooh, can you see Checo losing his seat? I genuinely cannot at this moment. No, neither can I. And the reason I think that is because even if he just does one-year deal to one-year deal, while ever he's solidly backing up Max and doing a job like he did in Abu Dhabi in terms of holding up Max's rivals in races, he will always have a seat at Red Bull yeah. because they operate very much like Ferrari in that respect, don't they? Of As long as the driver they want out in front is out in front, the other guy's job is hold up anyone else that's a challenger. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting transition, really, that Red Bull are becoming more and more that team <laughs> and Ferrari have put themselves in a position with two drivers that... Yeah. Like, can... It's like a... There's a Ferrari of old element about it where they've got, like, two, like, top-tier drivers at once. And I feel like I've, we've not seen that in a long time at Ferrari. In a long time. So, yeah. But, I, I mean... In terms of losing seat, I think it would, it could be, could be Yuki. Yeah. In that, still in the Red Bull family, I guess, but. He's I definitely think, top of the list for me. I think, sadly, it, it could be him. Next from Jeff, who do you guys see in the lead of the Drivers' Championship after the first five races and by about how many points? Ooh. Um. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm be a little bit bold and say... I mean, I don't think he's actually that bold. I'm going to say Carlos Sainz and between 5 and 10. Ba- bare- barely getting to double figures, I would say. That's kind of where I was going. I was going to say Sainz as well and by not many at all. Mm. I could see that after the first yeah. five races. Uh, Katie says, will the new aero regs make the slightest amount of difference to the racing from what's been seen so far? I'm guessing by so far we're talking in testing, maybe? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I think with that, judging by what the drivers have said, I think there will be some positive impacts. Like a lot of the drivers seem really positive about how much more comfortable and easier to drive the car was in what used to be the turbulent air and that's the whole point of this aero formula really isn't it it's to get it's it's to stop that turbulent air being as much of a problem reduce the the aggressiveness of the wake behind the car and and so on so that it is easier for the cars to follow so a they rely on that overbody aero less because of the ground aero but B, the air coming off the back of the car that's in the lead is less turbulent and less uh, needs less cleaning up, I guess, yeah. by the following car. And I think what we've got will achieve both of those things. And, you know, from all the CFDs and stuff and what we've seen on track so far, it looks very much like it's achieving that and probably just might have a few fine tunings over the over the coming seasons to to maybe nail yeah. down a few different areas of, of regulations and, and technicalities to to get it properly right but I think yeah yeah I think it'd be positive the the wet testing they did was quite telling as well wasn't it like you could really tell from the way the spray was being kicked up it looked yeah. very different to what we used to so yeah the the rooster tails were very different yeah. on that wet testing Next, David asks, what do you think of the new onboard above driver's head view? It looks so weird now and I don't like it. I haven't seen much of it, to be honest. It definitely looks different. From what I remember, there's a lot more car like in the shot and a lot less of what's ahead on the road. I think it's one of those things that by race two slash three, you'll probably have forgotten is even that different. Remember when oh. the Halo first came in and it was like, exactly. these onboards look so weird and literally by the second race, everyone had forgotten about it. Yeah, I, I think it will kind of be one of those. It's a little alien and strange right now, but 
once you've seen a full weekend's running from that camera, it yeah. will probably become an afterthought and it, it, it will become the norm because it's what we'll be used to seeing. So, yeah, little... little you, you can feel it's a little different, but I don't think that feeling will last too long. No. Uh, Guy says, if Norris beats Ricardo, what happens to him then? Uh, will he still be classed as a top-tier driver or is Norris just that good? Um, I mean, I think he does... It does probably more for Norris's status than it does Ricardo, does it not? Mm. As in, vindicates the, the feeling that Norris's individual fans already have of, like, he's got some real potential. Um, and I think so. he is a little underrated at times. Like, as a Norris fan, I, I feel that anyway. And I think having a really good season against Ricardo just kind of vindicates that point. So, um. Yeah, I, I guess with the what happens to him as well, it goes back to something we talked about earlier with that optional year on the contract. It depends on where the option lies as, yeah. to, as to whose option it is to decline the extra year. Uh, and Mr. O'Ward waiting in the wings yeah. as well. So that bit I'm not so sure on in terms of the future. But I think it can do nothing but good for Norris, and I don't think it with that damaging to Ricardo's reputation to um, to have Norris finish ahead of him this season. No, I don't think. I think that. Yeah, no, I don't. I totally agree with you. It, it's it's the same as like when Ricardo finished ahead of Vettel. D- I mean, did that damage Vettel's reputation? No, not really. It, it did a lot for Ricardo's reputation, but it didn't necessarily damage Vettel. So exactly, yeah. But those who already knew Ricardo from his earlier formula and like what he was doing mm-hmm. down at the back of the grid, like we we already had good feelings about him when he started moving, yeah, into that seat. So again, it's one of those things that it just affirms those that have believed in him for a while, but doesn't really damage the reputation of the driver. He's yeah up against and I think that'd be the same thing with Lando and Danny Rick this year if that happened. I think so too. Uh, next from Shatner's bassoon and if you get that reference hats off to you. Um, <laughs> what's stopping us having more teams on the grid than we have now? Which is a great question. Um, I, I think the solution to that problem is probably already in effect. And by that, I mean the things like the cost cap and like changes to the formula and so on mean that it's brought potential new teams. Uh, it's brought the interest back to yeah. those that may have a potential new team. So I think we're hopefully about to see a change in that anyway. And I don't think it's necessarily what's stopping us having more teams than we have now. It's... um will the recent changes have the positive effects we expect them to, I guess, in that yeah. respect. Because by the rules that can, at the moment, there can be 26 cars, so there's room for three more teams on the grid officially. Um, obviously, yeah, there's, there's there's the effects, like you say, of like it being viable for teams to enter. And then the third factor is then um, the FIA approving those entries which after the andretti thing like the fia sort of made a thing saying oh we're not looking at new entries right now or something but i guess they i think after the last time they opened up to new teams and we got virgin caterham and um hrt if that was the names they had at the time because all those teams changed names multiple times and Basically, the three of them turned up and drove around finding each other at the back for a few years until they all disappeared. And I think F1 is quite wary of having that happen again. They don't want teams to come in just to be at the back and financially struggle and disappear again. So I think they're a little stricter about who they let in these days. But uh, I agree. Like It looks like things are going in the right direction to make that more viable. Yeah. Definitely with you on that. Um, Ian White says, has Haas, harder to say than it sounds, (laughs) has Haas been set too far back to ever fully recover? 
between the rich energy situation and the, now the loss of the Russian money, can they ever become a mid-pack runner again? We like weirdly, I feel more confident in Hass's future now that I don't have that sponsorship deal in place. Like I was, I was mm. pretty convinced before this season started that this was going to be the last year of that team being called Hass. And by before the following season, they'd end up being either becoming a Russian team or being bought by somebody else. But now mm. they're kind of. Even just like the fact they came out in what was something close to their original livery just felt like, okay, we've got the old Hasback kind of thing. And I'm actually more confident that there's kind of the drive within that team now to sort of get themselves back where they should be and, you know, get things going in the right direction. So, yeah, I'm actually more confident in that team at the moment than I have been for a while. Yeah, I think... Again, it kind of links back to what we were just talking about, I guess, but with things like the cost caps in place and, and such, it's a lot easier for a team to recover from that kind of scenario, I think, with loss of a sponsor for whatever reason. Yeah. Because there's the the other team. I mean, yes, there is the fact that that cost cap really only affects the front runners and brings them back, but that's kind of the whole point is the lower teams might not be anywhere near that cost cap on a season-to-season basis, but the point of it is to rein in those front-running teams a little bit so that they are more catchable and it is more realistic for newer or like less competitive teams to at least perform at a similar level. And I think we started to see it a little bit last season with like how close the pack were getting to Mercedes mm-hmm. and I'm fairly confident that we'll see something similar again this year yep and then finally on a related note uh will Haas now do a completely different livery or just go for the plain white as seen on day three of not testing i'd love to see it go back to the original red white and black but don't think that will happen and that was from robbie fletcher i think i've got to say his name um i actually loved that really plain just white and black livery they ran on the last day of testing there's something old school about seeing a, a plain car with just the name on the side, isn't there? Yeah, I'd be but very happy if they just stuck with that, honestly. It, it is weird that a plain white car with just a red logo on the side could potentially be like an awesome livery because it's just so plain and simple. Yeah, but, but I think that's the beauty of it. Sometimes well. that's all you need. Yeah. It, it would definitely remind me of the old days. Um where like cars just weren't absolutely plastered in in branding and, and sponsors and such. So mm. it would be nice. But whether financially they can survive like that is another matter. Um I I would expect them to maybe go to something similar to the black and white livery we saw at one point with um when Roman was there and yeah. Magnuson was there and the the red and white potentially uh, but i guess it will all disp- depend on their sponsors uh, i can maybe uh, even see them starting the season with that playing livery and then at some point they'll bring a new title sponsor on board and have like yeah. a, a big livery change yeah that makes that makes the most sense to me yeah yeah um, and that rounds off inbox for this week uh, again thank you all for the content you have provided yeah new There's record a lot for there. messages this week i think yeah um it's good to see you all involved um yeah on on another note we will obviously be opening up uh predictions league on the website soon so go get yourself registered if you haven't in the past on back of the grid.com so you can register now and we'll just start we'll open up the predictions from next week once we've done the pre-season uh, well pre-season the pre race show that um that we normally do so we'll we'll drop ours on the podcast and then it'll open up for you guys uh on a similar note we will be partaking in um a new fantasy league this year called grid rival and um, we will be dropping some details for that soon on how to join our league and how to sign up and everything like that um to be fair they, those that information might already be out there on the internet from our social media accounts before this episode. So you may be hearing this thinking, I've already signed up, Tom. Don't need this. But I'm telling you now anyway, just in case you haven't. No, you definitely so, know. 
yeah so um but that that will be on the website uh, a link to it from will be on the website and we'll put out the details through social media as well so uh yeah keep your eye out for that and join us on um something a little bit different to the official fantasy we'll probably do an official fantasy page as well but we want to try something a little bit different so we'll be working we've on got to let well. Stu do that so he can pay more attention to it than us and enjoy beating us you know yeah we've got to give him something yeah we've got to give him something so we'll do that for <laughs> Stu. Uh, but yeah that is it for this week so thanks for everyone who's listened and we will see you next week to mind boggles a little bit when I say this but preview the start of the season how how is it that time crazy times (sighs) yeah we'll see you next week everyone goodbye bye everyone